This episode is brought to you by the Ithaca College MBA Entertainment and Media Program. Hello and welcome to 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. I'm your host, Rachel Vogel, and joining me for tonight's episode is music producer, songwriter, and A&R Rob Grimaldi. Extremely diverse and distinct, Rob's proficiency on four instruments and far-reaching programming skills gives each of his tracks a unique musicality and identity. With an advanced degree focused on classical and jazz, coupled with extensive production training and an ear for pop hits, the diversity of his collaborators include BTS, Megan Thee Stallion, Blackpink, Jimmy Allen, Noah Cyrus, Tim McGraw, and many, many others. So Rob, it's such a pleasure to have you join me on the podcast. How's it going tonight? Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Are you ready for the first question? I'm fired up. Let's do it. Imagine for a second you're sitting down with your 25-year-old self. What one piece of advice would you give him on a personal note? And what one piece of advice would you give him from a business perspective? Beautiful. I think 25-year-old me is very different than current day me so i would have to actually combine the personal and professional here i think the music business for sure is something that's very all-encompassing in a way so i think in hearing you ask that question the things i would give myself back then were first patience i think is something that in our mid-20s many of us don't realize that things take time and i think going into a career of this nature, there's always this smokescreen of the overnight success. And I'm a firm believer that the 10,000 hours is actually real. And I know that when we're in our 20s, we want things to happen really fast. And sometimes we're not pleased when they don't. So I think just reminding ourselves that patience is a virtue and to take each day at a time with small goals in addition to the really big ones is uh, part of that advice. And The second tier of that, because I think they go together, is grace as well, because um, I know in many of our experiences, failing hurts. But in our world, it really takes many failures to find your niche and way of finding success. So I think those two things would be my biggest pieces of advice to 25-year-old me. And lastly, because I think it's important, is balance. We can very much get lost in the grind of how much work it takes daily to not only gain success, but then maintain it. And I think with mental health being such a thing too, in modern current day society, it's it's so important to have work-life balance. When you mentioned personal and professional, I thought of it right away because a lot of the times professional becomes personal. And I think being able to split those in half is so important so that you're not feeling one side into the other all the time. And I think it's a really good reminder to, I know for creatives in, in particular, creating comes from living. And if you don't take the time to do both and experience life, um, I know for a fact my records weren't as strong as when I really enforced balance and it was a much healthier lifestyle as well. That's such a good point. Speaking of like the early stages of your career, how did you go about reaching out to artists in the beginning and like potential collaborators? And what would you say was like your big break that transformed you from like, okay, this is a hobby to like, this is actually my profession? Well, it was, it really was a hustle. I think early on, a lot of your early work is about 
building your craft and being extremely proficient in what you do. Um, some of that is on a on a personal level as well of just growing up and being able to feel confident in rooms that you might not have a year ago or six months ago. So I think for me, um, I was in New York at the time when I was first coming out of school into real life. And I think I was developing artists for probably around five or six years before my first break, which I guess was Queen Naja of developing her and getting a few number ones with her on Capitol Records. That was my first real taste of this is how this works on a super pro level. But I think those five years prior were so, so important of how to get really good at what you do and then have confidence to say, I believe in this now. I needed to put that time in to get here. Next question. Every industry has its dirty little secrets, and we both know that that's no different in the music industry. Sometimes people think that's a bad thing, but that's not always the case. Sometimes they can be good. What's one secret you would like to share with our listeners about the industry? I think this is something that's becoming more and more normalized now, but just from personal experience, it, it really does take a village to either write a hit or launch an artist or accomplish something massive in the business. We're such a star-focused industry where publicly you're seeing the biggest names in the world tour and you're seeing them on the Hot 100 and you're, you're kind of seeing them in media, but really the amount of support and talent and people behind the scenes that it takes for that to happen is so powerful. And I think as a producer songwriter, there's if you're only looking even at creative of, of making a song happen, there are so many niche positions that really matter of people are brought in to do one or two things really well. And then it's passed on the assembly line. And that's not even kind of getting into uh, your world of marketing or where you have been of, OK, now we have a finished product. What does it take to get that into the world effectively? So I think the, the biggest secret is actually how many people are involved in making something really go. And I think you don't think of it as a team game as you would watching a baseball game or the NFL playoffs, but it really is that. It's, it's about building an incredible infrastructure and team around you of like-minded people who are really talented that can really like join into one vision and launch something. The building is what makes it really fun whether you're an artist producer writer a and r mixer it's all you all have the same goal to make change and make amazing art and that's really powerful what made you want to even get into the industry when you were in school and like growing up did you always think that you're going to be more on like the business side like you're going to be an executive i toe the line right down the middle of creative and executive and it's a niche that i've built for myself over the years it wasn't like an automatic this is how it started and this is how it ends thing in being a creative first there's obviously an incredible connection to the creative community which makes me a force there but being able to network and communicate and be responsible opens a lot of doors with success to the other side which is the, the executive side so i think now to be able to speak the executive language, but also play in the creative community, it's a really amazing balance that allows me to help both ends. And you almost always need that liaison right in the middle to find a song, help it get over the top, get it in the right hands and move it. So I think living here is where I've always wanted to be, but wasn't always sure what it was until I kind of experienced how I could be an asset and it's really problem solving like every other job in the world. It's how can we make someone's day easier by being great at what we do. And that's kind of how it happened. So I'm curious, 
when you are working on a song, let's say you worked on the BTS song. So when you were working on that, when you were in the sessions, did you just immediately know that this is going to be a worldwide hit? Or do you get that feeling? Or can you not really tell until after the song has come out? I think there's a gut feeling always with trained ears in, for me, it's pop records. I've always just been a huge pop music fan. I've studied the best to ever do it. And I was very, I just love that environment and love that direction of music. So I think for that one in particular, Butter was a 10 week number one. And I definitely immediately believed in it when we were working on it. It was one that took quite a while to finish. And I think if you don't have that strong of a belief, it's not the right song. So you you do have to trust it and you have to know from your experience what works and what doesn't. And then you have to have the perseverance and grind to execute and finish. I think finishing songs in our world is something that's incredibly underrated. Uh, there's so many great ideas out there and many of them never see the light of day because they just don't have the attention span to finish them. So I think mm -hmm. to, to bring it full circle, it was one I knew would go if we executed it properly. And then back to what we talked about on, our, on your last question, the team mattered so much in how it was marketed, how it was how it was presented to the world, how the, the group performed it. I think everyone matters so much more than people realize to really make a hit record. Before we jump into the final question, can you say how much do you think social media over the years and the development of the digital age has impacted the your role specifically in all the projects that you work on and how you collaborate with other people? I think data has become so important to executives in the music business. And I think there's positives and negatives to that. I think there's an automatic trust factor that comes from having supporting data to say, hey, this is working or this isn't. But at the same time, I know when I was first coming up in the business, A&R was about feeling and about your ears and about connecting to an artist. And I think social media has given artists an incredible opportunity to be heard that they might not have been heard. But it also on an executive level requires you to do both to be a great executive. It requires you to, yes, pay attention to the analytics, but also not lose what got all of us here, which is believing in the art and in the music and knowing that if a song isn't necessarily performing right away on socials, but the artist is incredible, it's still worth the long-term investment. And I think that's a strategy that's changed over the years with how we're signing things and how we're operating and moving. But I think balance there is what really creates superstars. I think you got to have a little bit of both. If anybody listening is picking up on the balance, <laughs> balance is a big thing. <laughs> sure is. Sure is. All right. Last question. Throughout your career, I can only imagine you've been asked plenty of questions, whether for an industry conference, the media, or even in a session. But throughout all of those interviews and all of those questions, there has to be one that you've never been asked but would have liked to. So what is that question and what would be your answer? This one, I, I actually did think of an immediate question that I expected to be asked. Wow. I've done Probably the I've, first person ever. <laughs> I've done quite a bunch of press and interviews on, on records or the process. And one that I expected to be asked multiple times was if you knew everything you knew now, would you do it again? Would you start over from graduating Ithaca College and do this? And I think it really requires falling in love with this. I think it's such a commitment 
um, not only a life commitment, but falling in love with the process of making music, the process of considering it more than a full-time job of networking, of hustle, of building. And I think I would do it again. And I, I would definitely do it differently, obviously, with the hindsight that I have now. But music being the universal language was always powerful to me. It was something when I was growing up, I resonated with. It was something that I greatly appreciated as a listener and wanted to be more involved in it. So I think the demanding business and what it requires is one thing. But if you are extremely passionate about something, you always find a way to make it work. I've I have two parents that have always believed in that as well of, I never considered this a job. I considered this something that I loved deeply that I wanted to pursue. And I think the other side of it that's really cool is I can really affect a human being's day with a three minute MP3. And it's something I never take lightly. And it's something I talk to my artists about all the time of when you're exhausted and you don't think it's worth it, check out some comments on some of your songs that really matter to people you've never met before, that you can create that connection with another soul that you do not know is crazy. And from the business side as well, gaining success and having hits and being trusted allows me now to change lives that may not have gotten that opportunity without me before, whether it's signing an artist or making a phone call or believing in a young writer or producer that might be 16 in their basement with no one knows they exist and kind of being able to be in a position to help shape those lives coming up in my business is a way I'd like to give back as well of let me give you an opportunity that I might not have had when I was 21 because I believe in you. And I think that's really powerful and um, on a human level, really cool. Yeah, that's incredible. What's the saying? It's like, if if you're doing the work that you love, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> never work a day. And it, it yeah. feels like it sometimes it feels like work because of how much it takes to get things across the line and and how much belief it takes. But again, if, if you're passionate about it and you live and breathe it, it's supposed to be fun. Art Art is a creative outlet at the same time. So not forgetting that at the end of the day, why you started is the most important reason you're here um, is one of those things that I always hold close and matters most to me. Well, there we have it. The end of the interview. Rob, thank you again for joining me. And to everyone listening, hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. As always, stay tuned for next week of 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. One final reminder, this episode is brought to you by the Ithaca College MBA Entertainment and Media Program. See ya.